0: And now the good news. This is the place to be for all the best news there is. I'm Barbara Schreiner Trudell, your host, and I am so delighted to be here with you this evening. Well, we've got some wonderful, warm Just beautiful stories to share tonight. And the first is a young man with a lot of heart and a lot of energy. A Missouri middle schooler was so determined to make it to his graduation, he ended up walking six miles. Losing out on an opportunity for a ride there, eighth grader Xavier Jones asked his friend and brother to walk walk along with him, remembering something a mentor at Yeatman Middle School had told him. He had said to him, if I want it, I got to go get it. Mm. It's an important message. Jones told this to Fox News, remembering the advice. And together, the young men walked over 10,000 steps and two and a half hours through St. Louis to arrive at the school. Now, as it happened, when the 14-year-old arrived at the graduation, the purveyor of that advice, mentor Darren Seals, was speaking at the ceremony. Hearing that one of his students had walked two hours to be there, he paused to inform the audience. I had to stop my speech and call him on board and was like, hey, everybody, get off your feet and give him a standing ovation. They clapped for him. They were like, whoa, this boy walked. Now, also, as it happened, the present president of Harris Stowe State University, uh, Dr. Latonia Collins-Smith was in attendance that day and was moved by the perseverance and determination shown by young Mr. Jones. And she decided to offer him a ride to college. Although considering the circumstances, this terminology confused Jones. And Mr. Seals recounts the conversation Ms. Seals. She said, you got a full ride. And I said to Xavier, do you know what that means? And he said, they're going to give me a ride to school. Seals said, I was like, no, you're getting a ride to college. He said, wait a minute, I don't have to pay for college. Then it started hitting him. Fox reports that Dr. Smith offered the young man the presidential scholarship, complete with tuition and money for four years of attendance, including rent and textbooks. Wow. Talk about go the distance. This is a really, truly inspiring story. And I think, you know, when we really think about the things we do and the way we do it, this shows that, you know, if you've got a passion for something, there's something you really want, go get it. All right. Well, moving along, we have a magician who, interestingly enough, does his magic tricks for dogs. Yes, I know that sounds unusual, but it's really kind of sweet. John Stessel normally performs his A-list magic show to adoring fans and celebrities, but he has found another equally enthusiastic audience for his tricks. Stessel routinely performs now for shelter dogs at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in New Jersey, where their adorable reactions help to get them adopted. Reactions to magic. Yeah, dogs are smart and making treats and toys disappear before their eyes evidently leaves them flabbergasted and determined to find out the secret. One of my small little superpowers is I can just help dogs show off in a way that they couldn't without me, Stessel told Inside Edition. Typically in the video, the dogs just go nuts and they all have really different reactions. Deja, did you have a little video clip? of the doggies or just pictures so now here's the big thing with this this you know talk about go the extra mile stressel is allergic to dogs highly allergic and so he has to take four to five antihistamines before he can even be on because he ends up with hives just as soon as he gets near them but his work pays off and most of the dogs have gone to find permanent homes and loving families. What a beautiful thing to do. You know, do what you love and do it in a way that supports others. Man, can't get better than that. All right, how about a support group with sheep? Yes, how to improve mental health. Well, a new animal therapy business using cuddly, woolly neighbors to help struggling kids and adults with their mental health, and the results are (laughs) unbelievable. I know, I know. U Talk was launched by Emma Redman and Pippa Ashton last year after Emma was given the opportunity to buy a unique breed of sheep called a Valius Blacknose. Known for a dog-like temperament, that makes them perfect for providing emotional support. The pair now has a flock of seven sheep and two goats to help those that are finding life challenging. And aren't many of us, given COVID and all that's happened in the last few years? Well, studies have shown that animal therapy can have both psychological and physiological benefits. And Emma's life has included accomplishments, joy, and memories, but also filled with an un- or misdiagnosed mental alterations, including OCD, anxiety, eating disorders, and ADHD. And these life experiences have proven to be a big drive for creating something new and innovative as a way of supporting others. You know, isn't it interesting how sometimes the thing that challenges us the most becomes the gift that we then give to others? I think there's a great message in that. Uh, Emma said that one of the things we've always known is how useful animals are as a tool to help those struggling with diversities and mental health issues. And sheep aren't used as therapy animals. People usually think of horse and dog therapy. From there, Emma and Pippa realized there was a gap in the market for a unique animal therapy venture and decided to give it a go. Bravo, you're remarkable individuals, and you're making a difference in the world. So we are grateful to you for all that you are doing. Well, as we're moving along, you know, life is uh, getting different in many places, pretty expensive in others. But here's a new idea. This is a very good idea. The English manor house that became a thriving commune. Hmm. Why not live together? Booming despite the cost of living crisis, this commune in England is a lesson in community spirit, resourcefulness, and self-sufficiency. All things that would be very helpful in today's world. There's been a boom in interest in communal living in recent years, and it could be the answer to some of the crisis of modern day life, right? In our Let's Live Together series, we visit co-living communities around the world to see how they're finding solutions to loneliness, unaffordable housing, climate change, and more. And we ask, is it really the good life? Well, let's see, Old Hall, the big house commune in Suffolk. So it took nearly two years for Naomi Lake to get over the culture shock, she says with a laugh of moving into Old Hall. She had gone from a terraced house in London to a vast house in Suffolk, shared with more than 50 people, imagine that, on 70 acres of land. She has now been there for three years sharing a unit two bedrooms, a living room, bathroom, and tiny kitchen within the house with her 12-year-old daughter and partner. It's an amazing way to live, says uh, Leek. The commune was established in 1974, and a few of the founder members still live at Oakall, which had previously been a manor house, an army barracks, and a friary. They are largely self-sufficient with food coming from their farmland, which they work. Water comes from a borehole, hot water and heating from a wood-fired biomass boiler, and much of their energy from solar panels. Other things they need, such as extra food, uh, <laughs> loo roll, and cleaning supplies are bought in bulk with costs shared. The Leaks family of three, she pays around a £1,000 a month for all bills and food. Now, I'm not sure what the pound-to-dollar ratio is but I'm thinking that's pretty darn reasonable. I don't know. It sounds pretty good to me. There are numerous communal spaces, including the room where two meals are served each day. We've got a dairy, a post room, and a laundry. We also got a chapel where we have weddings and different services and where the kids roller skate that's the perfect chapel in my mind all right well we're going to take a little bit of a break here do a little commercial fun and then we'll be right back with more good news
1: come on everybody sing with me yes Make a better world
0: change when you change the way you look at things. Spirit rise. Oh, Faith Rivera. Yes. And Eddie Watkins Jr. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. The musicians in in this teaching are just brilliant. Well, you know, death and dying can be one of those things that provides us with a great deal of pain and suffering sometimes. And this woman who lost a dear friend stumbled upon a remarkable digital memorial on Google Maps. She just happened to be on Google Maps and she found a picture of a dear friend that she had lost and she had missed him a lot. And here was this beautiful picture of them dancing together and it's forever on Google Maps. She's got that memory now locked and loaded. How sweet is that? And who would know, right? Look at that. It's beautiful. I love stuff like that. Makes me smile. All right, here's a happy, funny story. So there is a pair of giant rubber duckies floating in the Hong Kong Harbor. Well, you know what's really funny about this is one of these rubber duckies was floating in the Toronto Lake, Lake Ontario, just a few years ago. And my husband had the opportunity to go inside it because they're like 60 feet tall these are huge duckies. Anyway, they, they've they been traveled. Well, one of them traveled around and now there's a pair. So a pair of giant yellow rubber ducks have been spotted in Hong Kong waters. The bath toys are undergoing sea trials ahead of the exhibition Double Ducks by Dutch artist uh, Florentine Hoffman. Since 2007, Hoffman has taken his 61 foot tall, monumental rubber duck on a world tour. On the 10th anniversary of its first visit to Hong Kong, the creative brand ARR has invited the rubber duck back, accompanied by a new friend. Part of its tour included the Great Lakes in 2016. And that's what I was telling you about, that my husband was inside this. And Deja, can you show that, that photo again? Um, it's like when he he's inside it here, right? And it's, massive. And he's having a great, great fun time with this. It was the oddest thing to see this huge thing sitting in the lake in Ontario. And of course, now here it is in Hong Kong. So the pair tested their swimming skills in Victoria Harbor near Sing Yi Island at the end of May prior to the June 10th official exhibition opening. An organizer ARR says the double ducks are happiness. Ideas icons and aim to spread the healing power of art and bring joy to everyone via this large-scale public art exhibition. I'll tell you, who doesn't love a rubber ducky, right? What a beautiful thing. I think we need to laugh more, play more, and bring more of our unique gifts and talents to the world. And what a, what a beauty that would be. I just love that. All right. So, you know, there's a lot of good people in the world and you never know when you're going to need one of them. Well, this nurse and her boyfriend saved a man's life on their flight home from a Bahamas vacation. So a man named Michael can thank his lucky stars that when his heart stopped aboard an airplane, there was a healthcare angel sitting just a few rows back. Emily Raines, an acute care nurse at the Baltimore Hospital, was flying back from a vacation in the Bahamas with her boyfriend when the flight attendant asked if there was anyone on board with medical training. The attendant went over the intercom, said a passenger was having a medical emergency, and Raines quickly volunteered. On our way up there, I was trying to pre-game list, like, hey, if we have to do compressions, I need you to do the compressions, I'll take care of everything else. Rains described the tense moments during the emergency, discussing the game plan with her boyfriend, a former nurse who now works in finance. She told CBS News that once she got to the passenger seat, he was slumped over, flushed purple and not breathing. Together they did chest compression or CPR for about 23 minutes before with just seven minutes until landing, their good work revived the man. He was rushed to hospital as soon as the plane came to a halt while Reigns was treated to a hero's welcome as she returned to her seat further back in the plane. She said, we were amped up because it's so awesome to have that feeling. And afterwards, you're just like, oh, wow, we did this. We saved somebody's life. A short time later, Reigns received a message from Michael's wife expressing her deep deep gratitude for them saving her her husband's life. Wow. Well, there are no words. That makes me a little emotional. How sweet is that? You know, a moment can change a life and a moment with the right person can save one. Well, this is, you know, a little science story, a little bit different. This is a single atom that's been x-rayed for the very first time in a breakthrough that will, well, so they say, transform the world. Uh, Many laymen will not be aware that science has never been able to x-ray a single atom. The best that current state-of-the-art synchrotron scanners can manage is to x-ray an atogram, about 10,000 atoms. But the signal produced by a single atom is so weak that conventional detectors cannot be used until now. This landmark feat was achieved thanks to a purpose-built synchroton instrument at Argonne National Laboratory in Illinois using a technique known as SXSTM, synchroton x-ray scanning tunneling microscopy. Whew, that's a mouthful. The researchers behind the breakthrough say it paves the way for finding cures for major life-threatening diseases the development of super-fast quantum computers and other advancements in materials and eco-science, atoms are the particles that build molecules and the limit to which any substance can be broken down chemically. There are as many in a golf ball as golf balls would fit into Earth. Okay, that's a lot. So the SXXTM can now measure them to an infinitesimal degree. The feat has been described as the holy grail of physics and a long-standing dream of Professor Sawahee of Ohio State University, lead author on the paper explaining the discovery. Atoms can be routinely imaged with scanning probe microscopes, but without x-rays, one cannot tell what they're made of. We we can now detect exactly the type of particular atom, one atom at a time, and can simultaneously measure its chemical state. This discovery will transform the world. Since its discovery by uh, Ronkin in 1895, x rays have been used in dozens of applications and fields from medical examinations to security screening in airports. This breakthrough can make a big difference. The technique used and concept proven in the study broke new ground in X-ray science and nanoscale uh, studies and more so using X-rays to detect and characterize individual atoms could revolutionize research and give birth to new techniques in areas such as quantum information and the detection of trace elements in environmental and medical research. It's a whole new field lots of cool stuff happening. Wow. That's kind of interesting. All right. Pride. Here we are. It is Pride Month. And look at this. This is a total bouquet of glory's beings wrapped in beautiful blossoms. I love this. I think that, you know, we as people, as we come to understand one another and recognize that there's 8 billion people on the planet and each and every one of us is unique and special. And if we would allow each and every one of us to be proud of our unique specialness, well, wow, what a world we would live in. It would kind of look like this beautiful bouquet. I think there's so much to be said for diversity and inclusion. And I know there's a lot of work to be done uh, around the world still when it comes to the LGBTQ plus and two-spirited people. So we are, you know, we're a group of people that are accepting and loving and compassionate and caring for all people. And I think that's something we can be very proud of And uh, when I saw this picture, I thought, wow, (laughs) I just got to share it because it really is the best. So there's a lot of different pictures of pride. There's a lot of events going on with pride. I know here in Toronto, we do our big pride event the last weekend of the month, and uh, we have also... Pride event going on this weekend in Kitchener, Ontario, that is going to be a really big deal there. So, wherever you are on the spectrum, because we're all somewhere, right? Uh, Let us join together in love and compassion, kindness, and caring to create a world that really does work for the highest and best good of all concerned. Go Pride! I love it. My daughter gets to sing at uh, one of the uh, churches here in Toronto for Pride Sunday, so we're excited about that. All right, so here's another interesting thing. You know, we're looking at our world and we're looking at ecology, we're looking at the things that work, the things that, uh, you know, could make the world a little better place. And here's an interesting, look at these places, aren't they beautiful? So Amsterdam's floating eco-community is a model for modern living whole new way. The Dutch are no strangers to living on the water, but a new eco-community in Amsterdam is taking things to another level. There's been a boom in interest in communal living in recent years, and could it be the answer to some of the crisis of the modern world? In our series, okay, Schoonship, the Floating Eco-Community. All right. Sometimes when a boat passes or it's very windy, Mar-Han de Bloch's house sways a little. It's built on a canal attached to a jetty and is one of 30 arcs in Amsterdam's ship development, home to around 120 adults and 40 children. At the end of 2018, this first prefabricated arc, the first prefabricated arcs were installed. And in early 2019, the first residents moved in. It had been more than 10 years since DeBlock had the original idea. A TV producer, she was making a series about sustainable housing. I thought, this is how I want to live. It was an answer to questions I didn't even know I had, but I was looking for a way to live more socially and sustainably. So friends joined her and over the years it became more formal, involving city planners, architects, raising funds, and researching sustainability. They now produce much of their own electricity with solar power and have a smart grid. That means households can share surplus energy. They also share electric cars and bicycles. There's a communal arc, uh, jetty get-togethers, exercise classes, and a weekly plunge, where residents jump into the water year round. The WhatsApp group is the place to make a plea for eggs if you've run out or borrow a hammer. There are no official requirements to pitch in, but because the group is so big, everything tends to get done. Volunteers tend the floating gardens and others keep an eye on the jetties. There are people who are active all the time, and others we hardly ever see. But that's the power of our community, says De Block. Everybody can be themselves. For the children, especially, there is freedom as long as they can swim. I guess that would be important. Uh, we take care of each other's kids, says De Block. Yesterday, I was at an event, and my kids didn't want to be there. My neighbor said, "I'll take them." It has made being social, the default, being the normal situation, before the normal situation felt that I was by myself. And if I wanted to be social, I need to organize it. Now it's the other way around. It's a social way of living. But if I want to be alone, I just close my door. Everybody can be themselves. She is aware that something such as Schoonship, where everyone owns their homes isn't accessible to everyone. It's hard inside the city to make a project like this very affordable. It took a lot of money and time to build this and not everybody has that. She is also very aware that her small group in Amsterdam is not the solution to rising sea levels. We're not stopping climate change. We're just looking to take part in a transition to a more sustainable way of living. They run a lot of tours, help with research, and make their knowledge open source. Their idea of community being ultimately much bigger than their 30 floating arcs. That is really good news for our world. When I think about the way the ways we socialize or don't. I think it's really important that places like this exist, that we can come together. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. I think it takes a village to raise our consciousness, to raise our our light, to raise ourselves. (laughs) Maybe we still need to be raised up a little bit to get to a place where we can stop competing Stop measuring ourselves against another and begin to find our own voice, our own path, our own rhythm. Every single person, every single person that's been created is unique and special and we're all important in the unfolding of the whole. No one less than the other. Well, thank you so much for being here tonight on the New Thought Media Network, and this is the good news, and we're happy to bring this to you every single Friday, and I am so grateful to be able to host this once a month. I'm Barbara Schreiner Trudell, and this is the good news. Have a good weekend and a great life. Till next time.
1: Please help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors and donors, including the Hefferland Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown Atlanta, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center, Kitchener, Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle, and all of our individual donors and sponsors. Part of the New Thought Media Network. Please come be you.